0: Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Tuesday, April 6th. Today on the show, the Preds try to hold on to the final playoff spot in the Central Division. Wes Rucker of Go Vols 24-7 will talk not only Vols football and basketball, but also Vols baseball. But we begin with the epic beatdown in the National Championship game. The 440 is brought to you by the Kingston Group, a locally-owned, award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. You want your house to make some money. And so if you put some money into your house, you want it to appreciate. And the Kingston Group will make sure that happens. If you do a renovation or a custom build, you need to make sure you're happy in your home, that you're proud of it. The Kingston Group will make sure that happens. But don't take my word for it. Go check out the website, buildkg.com. That's buildkg.com. Well, I totally whiffed on the first half under 75 and a half because Gonzaga and Baylor decided to shoot a thousand percent from the floor. But I made it all back and a few extra shekels in the process after taking Baylor on the money line. The Bears won 86-70 in the national championship game on Monday night. And now that I've settled up with you, the audience, we can talk about the game. It is the first national championship in school history for the Baylor Bears and was a historically efficient offensive showcase. It was a thing of beauty, honestly, one of the best offensive showings in the national championship game that I've ever seen, especially considering the opponent. The Bears shot 44% from three-point territory, 89% from the free throw line, 45% from the floor, and it was just a great display of all-around team basketball. But Baylor? Really? Baylor has won a national championship, an NCAA title? Baylor? Baylor? It just doesn't sound right. I, I know, I know. There's no arguing who the best team in college basketball was this year. It was Scott Drew's Baylor Bears, and they were spectacular in the NCAA tournament. Baylor won their six games by an average of two touchdowns, and the smallest margin of victory was a nine-point win over Arkansas in the Elite Eight. To top it all off, it was Baylor's first ever win in school history over an AP number 1 team in the nation, beating Gonzaga in the national championship game. Basically, none of this was even close. They were one of the best teams in college basketball all season, from start to finish, and they are your national champs. So it kind of feels me when I say, but Baylor? As we mentioned yesterday, things are getting very real for the Nashville Predators. There are only 17 games left in the regular season, they are two points up on Chicago for the last playoff spot in the Central Division. Ellie Tolvanen is battling for the Calder Trophy for the NHL's best rookie. And oh, by the way, we are less than a week away from the point of the season where the Nashville Predators' brass has to make some very difficult decisions. The trade deadline is April 12th, next Monday. I, for one, am still on the side of trying to gain some future assets. You've got a lot of one-year contracts Eric Howla, Brad Richardson, Nick Cousins. You've got a lot of guys you could move. Mikael Grandlin, probably the best of that group. You've got a lot of guys you could move for future assets. Matias Ekholm and Ryan Ellis are still technically on the table, although it sounds like and feels like as this team continues to play better hockey that maybe those two guys are off the table. Right now, this team is good enough to make the playoffs and build for the future, which is a very interesting and potentially exciting place for this franchise to be. They're not going to win the Stanley Cup. But they at least get to compete for a playoff spot, play relevant, fun, interesting hockey, watch some young talent develop, and also build for the future. It could be a lot worse if you were a Nashville Predators fan right now. They're back on the ice tonight against Detroit. Two huge points. Gotta win games against the last place team in your division. 630 puck drop. Let's head up to Knoxville and talk all things UT, all the different sports in Knoxville, let's bring in Wes Rucker of balls twenty four seven to talk a little bit about how good this baseball team really is, to get a sense of what the basketball roster will look like next season under Rick Barnes. But we start with his impressions of spring practice one week into the Josh Heupel era.
1: No one needs to be putting up any false airs that this is going to be anything other than a than a tough rebuild. I mean, I think that's that's pretty clear. Uh, they've got some some issues, I and mean, they've got some talent in some areas, and I think on the line of scrimmage on both sides, you know, they, they've got some bodies there and they, they should be okay there. But uh, when you look at, you know, certainly everyone's going to talk about the quarterback situation but because that's what everyone wants to talk about. But, you know, I look at situations like linebacker defensively, um, and, and I just think, man, they've they, they've got some issues there. Uh, the losses of Toto and Crouch, I mean, the, you, you can't understate or, or overstate those, I should say. They've got issues there, and, and I know that maybe they can disguise that a little bit by the way they play defense now. Everybody's in the nickel nowadays, but that, to me, just looks like a, a potential issue. They're going to have some young guys there, uh, a combination of some young guys and maybe some older guys who haven't really done a tremendous amount yet you know you're hoping that jeremy banks can can be a guy there uh you know they've got some some issues and i think that They've got a good spirit about them, though. I think they've responded well to this coaching staff. I think that he's got a good positive message that a lot of the guys that have stayed are, are buying into. The, the three guys who didn't go into the portal, I should say. Uh, you know, it seems like there are like a handful of guys left. <laughs> but, I, I mean, the guys who have stayed, they, they like this guy so far. You know, Hypel, whether you like him or don't as a hire, the fact is a lot of people like working with the guy and like being around the guy and like playing for the guy. So I've gotten that message so far. They're, they're being pretty positive.
0: What does Rick Barnes basketball team look like next season?
1: A lot different than it did this season. I'll tell you, I mean, you know, lost two assistant coaches right off the top, you know, uh, with with Oliver going to ETSU and you got obviously Kim English going to um, – going to George Mason. So you've lost some guys in the portal. You're going to add guys through the portal. We'll see if Justin Powell can get eligible. That's going to be a big deal for them. He's a guy they certainly really need in terms of his ability to score and shoot and do some of those things. He's just a really good all around player. If they can get him eligible coming from Auburn, that would be a big deal. You know, I think maybe another guy or two could go in the portal still. Uh, I think they're going to add three or four guys from the portal if they can. Uh, It's like a lot of other places in college basketball right now. The roster on a year-to-year basis is just going to look funky. I mean, Mizzou's just added three guards. Kentucky's adding guys. Everybody is – and I don't don't hate it because I I think this is the power that the athletes should have, frankly. Um, But because of that, you're going to have a completely different roster year over year, and I think they're going to be in good shape because Barnes doesn't usually have a couple bad years or or struggling years back-to-back like that. So I, I imagine they'll bounce back and be solid.
0: Let's talk baseball for a second. This looks like it could be the best the SEC has ever been. And there's a really good chance that this is the best this Tennessee team has been for the better part of two decades. How good can this team be? Can they host a regional? Can they be a national seed? How good can they get?
1: You know, Tennessee, I mean, if you started the tournament today, and of course, I know they're probably going to predetermined regional sites now, and that's just Tennessee's luck. But I think if this tournament started today, Tennessee would, would be a team that would be hosting a regional. I don't think there's any question about that. More wins than anybody in the country off to a seven and two start in SEC play. And i will tell you what's really interesting about this team, that Jackson Leith injury is is going to hurt them at some point because he's got just ace stuff and, and his hamstring injury out for the year that that's going to hurt them. And they they've been overcoming it. They really need another weekend starter to really step up and be that guy. Uh, that that would help them because the, I feel like with with Dallas and with with uh, Tidwell there they've got two guys on the weekend they can they can rely on. But I will tell you what what what's really big for this Tennessee team is if you look at like the eight position players who start every day, half of those guys are not performing offensively anywhere near where they should be performing. You know they're all hitting right there around that two hundred mark and they're getting on base, they're doing other things, but they're not hitting anywhere near what they should be doing. I mean, Ferguson's a top, potentially a top 15 caliber pick in the draft. I mean, that's how good he is, but those guys are not hitting consistently at all right now. And they're still ridiculously you know, good when you look at the record. So they're leading the league in walks. They're leading the league in walks allowed. They're leading the league in stolen bases. They're leading the league in getting hit by pitch. They play winning baseball, and they don't have the absolute star power that a guy like Crochet or you know Solari gives you last year. And when you compare them to, say, Vanderbilt, it's like you're almost looking at two different levels of baseball. But that's because Vanderbilt's doing that to everyone right now. Tennessee, in my opinion, Could be a really, really good team because they're pretty darn good now. And half the everyday starters are not really pulling their load offensively. So if those guys start hitting, just half of them, you know, I think they'll be in really good shape.
0: Special thanks to Wes Rucker from govals 247com A little potpourri of Tennessee athletics there. And, I, and I, I buy into all of that. I think the roster for Tennessee basketball and Rick Barnes is going to look very different. And that's just sort of the the way things are in college basketball right now. I think as far as baseball goes, this is the best team that I've seen in at least 15 years since I was in college at UT. And, and like he said, they could actually be better. We'll find out over the next two weekends when they host the Florida Gators and the Vanderbilt Commodores coming up in two weeks. And I think the football team I do believe that there's buy-in. I think he went from a militaristic disciplinarian in Jeremy Pruitt to a guy who people like playing for. Whether that's good enough to beat Alabama, Florida, or Georgia every season or not, I'm not sure it matters at this point. They are rebuilding, and right now the players like being around Josh Heupel. That's a big positive step in the right direction for Tennessee football. Special thanks to Wes Rucker for giving us a few minutes of his time. Thank you guys all for listening, of course. The 440 is brought to you by the Kingston Group, a locally-owned, award-winning Custom home and remodeling firm. BuildKG.com is the website. Go check out their work. They will not steer you wrong. My family uses the Kingston Group, and that is why your family should too. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall, at 440 Sports on Twitter and Facebook, at 440 Media on Instagram. Please follow all of the accounts. Check out all the other shows as well. Football and other F words out every Tuesday. Club and Country, the new Nashville SC show out every Tuesday as well. Gold Standard every Wednesday about the Nashville Predators fringe element about the SEC on Thursdays and lamestream sports about media and business on Friday. So check out all the great shows from the 440 Sports Network. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. The 440 is a production of 440 Media. Written and produced by Brayden Gall. Music by William Tyler.